we have this opportunity to build this company from the ground up and really do it the right way from the ground up. Hello and welcome to Shopify Masters, the podcast powered by Shopify, your companion for starting and building a business. I'm Shwang Esther Shan. Reducing the amount of single-use plastic in your home can seem daunting. Everything from dish soap to laundry detergents to body wash, it's packed in plastic containers to hold liquid, most of which is water. But if you ask Sarah Pygu, there's a solution. Her company, Blueland, makes household cleaners and personal care products in tablet form. That's right, you buy refillable containers, drop in the tablets, and just add water. Sarah says her company has diverted close to 2 billion plastic bottles from landfills and oceans over the last few years and stopped more than 2 billion pounds of CO2 from being released into the atmosphere. Sarah is here today to share how she developed Blueland's innovative approach to reducing single-use plastic, from formulating the products to appearing on Shark Tank and now petitioning the U.S. government. We have so much to chat about, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to learn more. Why don't we start off by the fact that becoming a mother actually inspires you to start Blue Land. Can you tell us why it was so important for you to start a company that reduced single-use plastic? It was interesting because, yeah, my journey to founding Blue Land actually started when I became a new mom. I was doing a ton of research around not only what formula brand I should use to feed my baby son, but also what water I should use. I actually wondered if bottled water might be cleaner or safer than New York City tap water. And in that research, I was horrified to learn that our drinking water here in the U.S., regardless of whether it's bottled water or tap water, contains hundreds of pieces of microplastics. And so, you know, that was the first time I really started to connect the dots between all the single-use plastic that we're using as a society and how so much of it's ending up in our oceans and now back up in the food we eat and the water we drink and, you know, the formula that I was making my son. And that's when, you know, we as a family really just try to cut out all single-use plastic from our home life. It was just a really interesting journey because as well-intentioned as I was, I just realized that you know, everything seemed to come packaged in single-use plastic and how it extended far beyond just plastic pollution. Plastic also um, plays in the oil and gas industry and in climate change. And yeah, that's how I became so certain that I needed to do more beyond my tiny personal consumption to try to find a a way to change consumer behavior and uh, industry behavior as well. Blueland isn't your first company. Can you tell us about your career journey and how it helped you to start Blueland? Yeah, so Blueland is is not my first company. I've been a serial entrepreneur in the consumer and retail space for, geez, over the past decade. My first company was a company called Snapbet. It was a mobile shopping app. Um, I started that back in 2011. Sold that business three years in. It was venture-backed. It was a great sort of you know, first win as a first time founder who inevitably made a ton of mistakes along the way. But, you know, that experience really led me to sort of catching that startup bug. I just was so excited and so energized by the opportunity that we have to today to be able to like bring new products and brands to market. A opportunity I think is that's very unique to us 
in the past five years, in the past 10 years, because of platforms, you know, like, like Shopify or, you know, being able to store, store data on the cloud. And so, yeah, after SnapBet, I launched a few more direct-to-consumer businesses. I actually helped found a startup studio called Launch because we had this thesis that, you know, in 2013, it was still very early innings for direct-to-consumer that we would see many more categories shift direct-to-consumer online. And so we raised some money with the intention to launch one new business per year. And that's what we did through launch. I ended up launching four businesses over four years. So I really cut my teeth bringing new brands and products to market. But interestingly, that's not how Blue Land came about. After launching a ton of businesses and scaling a ton of businesses, I became pregnant with my first child. I have always been very open to my relationship with work potentially changing on the other side of parenthood. I think entrepreneurship especially can be very, especially when you're venture-backed, can be very 24-7, 365. And yeah, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel on the other side of becoming a parent if I would still want to be working that much, um, honestly. And so the good and the bad news on the other side of becoming a, a mother was that I still really loved early stage company building, but I think, you know, just the excitement that I got uh, purely from the challenge of like bringing something new to the market in itself wasn't enough. Like I needed more meaning. I needed to be doing something that was, I just had this deep-seated desire to do something that was more impactful to other people, to the planet. And so I decided to take a sabbatical on the backs of my maternity leave. I actually stepped away from our startup studio. And I was actually just looking to take a break um, and just like, you know, reconnect with myself as my new role now as a parent. Uh, was certainly not looking to start another business, which is why I was so torn um, when I had this idea for Blue Land initially just started me just trying to cut out single use plastic in my own life. And then I realized like, geez, like I have both the confidence and the experience of bringing new products and brands to market, I can have a much greater impact if I could find ways to give other people more and better choices. And so, yeah, that's kind of how Blue Land began. And it sounds like you truly have found a way to make impact on such a large scale and also one that fits in your life stage and your lifestyle. When we think about Blue Land, we know that the format and the idea is so revolutionary. So formulation is a big part of Blue Land. Can you tell us the intense journey you had to find and convince your chief innovation officer and chemist to join and come aboard? So our chief innovation officer, um, you know, he leads all of our R&D, his name's Syed. He's been critical for everything that we've done. Like there would be no Blue Land with Syed. He's incredibly talented. We're so lucky to have him. And we needed him because, you know, in the beginning, I've started many businesses before, like for a lot of consumer businesses in a lot of industries, there are typically existing manufacturers that you could go to that could help you create whatever it is that you want to create. And so when we first had this idea for like cleaning tablets instead of these like li large liquid solutions, you know, we had this idea for removing the water to make a dry tablet so that we could package these dry tablets in paper instead of plastic. Um, we reached out to 
dozens of cleaning products manufacturers um, thinking someone could help us create the formula for this and manufacture this product. And, you know, we spoke with these manufacturers and they looked at us like we had three heads because they were like, I mean, all the products we make are liquid. We don't even own tablet machinery. I mean, in fact, most of our ingredients come to us as liquid. So we don't understand how you expect us to then make a dry tablet. It became very clear that if we wanted to do this, like we had to create our own formula. And, you know, my co-founder, John, and I met in business school. We are not chemists. We didn't even have chemists in our network, sadly. And so the only place that we could turn and the logical place to turn was LinkedIn. So we just like went on LinkedIn and we just kept this master spreadsheet of like hundreds of chemists and their backgrounds. And then we just started cold outreaching to them on LinkedIn, really with the goal to see if like just get anyone to get on the phone and talk to us, to tell us what they knew, tell us if they thought this was possible, figure out if they could help us, figure out if they knew someone else that could help us. And that's, you know, that's just how it started. But in that list making, Syed was like literally number one on the list because he not only had decades of cleaning products experience, at the time he was director of formulation at Method, one of the largest uh, non-toxic cleaning brands in the world. But before that, he'd also spent a lot of time formulating uh, vitamins and, and nutritional supplements. So dry tablets, essentially. So he kind of had the perfect intersection of experience. And so we knew like, that was our guy. This is the guy we're gonna have to get. He was based in San Francisco with Method. He was not replying to any of our LinkedIn messages. <laughs> but, you know, after probably about a month of pinging him, we finally heard back from him and we were able to get him on the phone. Um, and that's how it started. And, you know, I remember in the beginning, I also was convinced it was important to meet him in person to convince him that we were good people and we were smart and this was a good idea. Um, and so I remember just making up excuses to be where he was um, for other reasons, but it really was to just meet with him in person and, and do whatever we can to get him to join us. And he did, which was so exciting. He took a huge leap of faith on us at that point. We were just two people with an idea, with no money and a product idea that he would have to bring to life. But we were fortunate because he is, is just in his bones, like such an entrepreneur as well. And just that prospect really excited him. And he had done so much to really put safer cleaning products on the map with Method. And he really viewed that this was the sort of like natural next step in his career to now figure out how to like truly make these products even more planet friendly. So now you have Saeed on board. How did you go about collaborating together to make sure there's a feedback loop for your product development and then ultimately finding a production partner that can actually produce the products? We've always worked very closely together, like very intimately on the product feedback loop. You know, I think that's been part of what's also led to our ability to move so fast because those cycles are so fast. And I think that also helps that when you have a, a small team, I do feel like we can go through the cycles so much faster than a large company because he's like updating formulas, you know, sometimes daily, multiple times a day. And he's like shipping those to me, you know, sometimes like daily and certainly weekly. Just funny, like right now on my desk, I have, you know, a bag of our newest update 
um, to our dishwasher tablet formulation and it's on my desk because I was sending him the lot number because I was giving him my, my feedback on it from having run it um, in our dishwasher the past few days. As for manufacturers, you know, that's definitely, it's a great question because it's def- it's oftentimes not an area of focus. I think a lot of people are, you know, very curious about like, how did you create these new innovative formulas? But I think the manufacturing bit was every bit as hard, honestly, for a variety of reasons. Like because we're creating tablets, these tablets need to run efficiently on machinery And that's something where when you're just formulating in a laboratory and hand pressing tablets, it can seem like the formula is really great. But when you then actually take it to a manufacturer and you're trying to do it in large batches and you're running it on the actual machinery, things like it can get sticky on the machinery. And so it's been also very helpful for us to be able to run very quickly because we have such good close relationships with our manufacturers. Um, I think we're fortunate that Syed has been in the industry for a long time and was very well respected. And like whenever we do first runs and pilot batches, like Syed is at the manufacturer working alongside the guys and tweaking formulas like there. So he's there for many days at a time. And he's tweaking formulas as we're seeing things come off the line, which is rare. You know, most manufacturers won't let you in there sitting next to the guys, helping like stir the ingredients and pulling things off the line. And instead, like, you know, you usually have like a set of things that you're going to run. You run it, you get the results, you get the feedback, and then you go back to the lab, you come up with new formulations. And maybe like the next month you go back and test sort of another round of formulas. So I think us being able to have that trust and deep relationship with manufacturers enables us to just, you know, cut a lot of that time out of of the iterations. So I think the concept might be a little bit hard initially for customers to realize the effectiveness of your products because these are in tablet form, but the impact is that you're actually not shipping water. So tell us about your tagline of don't ship water. So the beauty of removing water from these cleaning products, again, many of these conventional cleaning products are over 90% water, um, was not only that we could then package them in paper because they were then a dry format, but we also were able to significantly reduce the amount of carbon emissions associated with shipping these products around. And that's because, you know, our tablets are about 50 times smaller than like a bottle full of liquid. So you can imagine you can fit 50 more times of these products on a train or a plane or a ship or, you know, a truck, you know, whether that's heading to a retail store or whether that's heading to an end consumer. Amazing. I'm chatting with Sarah Paiji Yu, CEO and co-founder of Blueland, the eco-friendly cleaning supplies and personal care company. Can you tell us the initial funding of the company and what areas you invested in? Initially, we bootstrapped the business. That was just a personal decision of mine. I think we definitely could have, you know, gone out to angels or friends and family, even with the initial idea. But, you know, for myself and my co-founder, John, we felt strongly that until we had a product in hand that worked very well, we just couldn't in good faith feel good about like taking on 
other people's money. And it's it, that's such a personal decision. I think there are many people that raise money very early on with an idea on paper. And for us, there definitely were a lot of costs before having that first strong prototype in our hand because we were purchasing ingredients, um, running it at manufacturers, um, doing a lot of efficacy and stability testing. But I think there's a lot of also stress that comes with being a founder and an entrepreneur. And I think worrying about losing, you know, family members' money was just not something else I wanted to add to my my, my list of stressors at, at that point in time. And you've actually gone through different rounds of fundraising now. Can you tell us how you find investors who not only has the financial resources, but they actually match your values as well? Yeah. So that piece has been incredibly important to us as well um, as a business that since the beginning, we've been very clear. We are a mission-driven company. It's funny because five years ago, a little over five years ago when we were out fundraising and raising our first round. So while we started off um, bootstrapped, we have raised rounds of capital. Um, We've raised the seed round as well as the series A and a series B. But with that seed round, you know, again, we were out about five years ago. It's just a reminder as to just like how much the world has changed even since then. Like when we were out talking about our business as one that wasn't going to just prioritize profits, that we were really going to prioritize the planet and people and the communities that we operate in and our customers and, you know, more stakeholders beyond just purely the investors and shareholders. It was a very, at that point, still a novel concept. I mean, also in a testament to that, like my co-founder, John and I, we met in business school. We were like sitting next to each other in a classroom when we were told like explicitly the role of a corporation is to maximize shareholder value, aka maximize profits. I think the world has changed so much since then. I would say if you were to ask, I would guess that if you were to ask most Fortune 500 CEOs, they would today say like, no, the role of as a company is not to just maximize shareholder value that we really have to take into account all stakeholders. But it's definitely a different time when we are first raising initially for for Blue Land. And we were very explicit upfront with our intentions because we knew how important it was to have that alignment and that partnership. You know, our, our mission and vision for Blue Land was really rooted in making the world a better place. And we really, it was so important for us to find um, investors that would be willing to support us um, in that mission. And yourself and Syed also went on Shark Tank. Can you tell our listeners how the experience was and how you almost walked away without a deal, but you ended up did say yes to a deal. Yeah. Um, Shark Tank is definitely one of the craziest things I've ever been through. You know, I've definitely had the good fortune of having a lot of opportunities to like speak to large audiences or do like live TV. But Shark Tank's just a whole other thing because you have like five, you know, sharks that are essentially out to get you and make for good TV. And so it was incredibly nerve-wracking, but also, I mean, it worked out very well for us. You know, they they cut our episode uh, very nicely in our favor, which is good. And But you just don't know, you know, you're in the tank. We filmed for over an hour. They cut down all of that footage to just, I want to say six minutes that aired. And what they didn't show was like, I mean, at one point, Syed and I both cried independently of each other. I know because, you know, they went there, you know, his parents had passed. My father had passed uh, relatively recently and 
they just went there. Like they knew it and they went there and you're already in the tank. You're trying to like fend off the sharks. But yeah, there are definitely a lot of ups and downs. But it's been, yeah, an experience that's been hugely helpful to us as a business. But I think that's unique to Blue Land. You know, obviously I've, I've started many businesses in the past. I've been saying for like over 10 years, like one day I'm going to take a business onto Shark Tank. But I knew it had to be the right business and with Blue Land, it just made so much sense. Like, you know, everyone washes their hands, like everyone washes their dishes. It really is a product that's in a category that everyone touches, you know, multiple times a day. And it's part of our mission to make sure that, you know, the price points are very accessible. We really do everything we can to try to make the price points as accessible as possible and ideally money saving to the conventional alternative. And so, yeah, and just like what a great platform for our mission as well and sort of our pursuit of really trying to maximize our environmental impact. So for pitching investors, as well as being on Shark Tank, you really have to share like the story of Blue Land. How did you then educate your customers? Because I think you have to show that, hey, these products are just as effective as traditional products. Plus, we have the added bonus of being impactful. So how did you approach customer education initially? Yeah. So our focus of customer education has definitely evolved over the past three years. I think how it's evolved, again, is also the testament to just the incredible progress that we've seen in the world and people's just increased interest in living more eco-conscious lifestyles. You know, I think in the beginning when we first launched, you know, if you think about it in terms of like, you only have someone's attention for so long, you really have to then prioritize like, like what is the hierarchy of messaging that you want to get out? In the beginning, we spent a lot of time having to just explain the why. Why reducing plastic is important, right? Like why plastic is ending up in our oceans and is also a contributor to climate change. So good news is today we don't have to spend, we spend very little time on the why. I think many people now understand like plastic is not a great thing, that we'd all benefit if we moved away from plastic. Similarly, I think in addition to the why, in our first two years, we were very focused on the education of the new behavior, right? When like the products that we've created have been truly like first to market. So for example, like that hand soap tablet before Blue Land, never in this world had there been a hand soap tablet. Like in fact, we haven't even been able to find evidence of a hand soap concentrate of any kind where you just add water in that category. And so... You know, early days, we fully recognized that this was a new behavior, people. This is also why it was, we were doggedly set on being direct to consumer for the first few years, because we were like, this is a new behavior. We need to have that direct line of communication with the customer to understand what are people liking? What are people not liking? What are their concerns? If they're returning it, why are they returning it? All of this information you tend to lose if you're selling, for example, through a third-party retailer or in, in physical stores, certainly. And so, yeah, I think, you know, early days we were just like so focused also on just like the how it works. Like a lot of our communication was very focused on like, you know, drop it, you know, fill your bottle with water, drop in a tablet, like then refill the bottle. Because again, at that point in time, you know, the idea of reusing your cleaning bottle was also a, a brand new idea. I think, you know, it, we're so proud that today, you know, you walk into any mass retailer and 
there are many different refill options available in the cleaning section. Um, and that was not the state of the world then. And so kind of proud as to like how we've influenced our industry, even in that way, which I think is so much more impactful even than how we've influenced or the impact that we've had through just our products specifically. Um, but now because like every major CPG company out there has a refillable cleaning option on the market, we don't have to be educating as much on like this, you should refill your cleaning bottle. You know, now we can focus more on things like efficacy and the ingredients profile of our products and also just lean in more into our mission and all that we do behind that. I'm chatting with Sarah Paiji Yu, CEO and co-founder of Blueland, the eco-friendly cleaning supplies and personal care company. I hope you're enjoying our conversation. If you haven't already, follow or subscribe to Shopify Masters wherever you get your podcast. And please leave us a review or feedback for the show. Thank you. So I know that Blue Land is cradle to cradle certified, B Corp certified, and climate neutral certified. What kind of advice you have for fellow founders who are looking to get certification and why is it so important for your business? We are huge believers in these certifications and the importance of them. And it really is because we do want to be doing all we can, right? To again, put the planet first and making sure that everything that we do, we are doing in our the best of our ability to prioritize the planet. Like that said, you know, John and I entered into this knowing that like, of course we don't know everything about everything, but look, there are so many of these amazing organizations like Cradle to Cradle that have been doing this for decades and have extremely rigorous frameworks and processes for helping companies like us, right, really build this company, build our company the right way. And I think that's a whole other part about Blue Land that's been just so invigorating for my co-founder and myself. Like we have this opportunity to build this company from the ground up and really do it the right way from the ground up. It is incredible that so many large companies now see the value in, in sustainability and want to make changes and work towards that. I think it's you know so much harder when you're a company that's so large with so many employees that's been around for decades or even centuries, like some of the CPG companies today, to really be able to do everything sort of quote unquote the right way by the planet. And so, you know, we've been really motivated to do that because we have this really special, unique opportunity that we're getting to start from the beginning. And we've just wanted to work with all these great partners to really build this business so that it could be also a case study of like, look, you can do the right thing and also build a very financially successful business. I think it's important to have more of those case studies out there. But for us, you know, all the certifications have really been about walking the walk. There are so many things we do that we we certainly don't talk about enough or even like Cradle to Cradle, for example, it has very, unfortunately, like low consumer recognition of the certification. So it's not even something that we're pursuing because people see and they're like, oh my God, that's an amazing program. And Blue Land is platinum. They're not even gold or silver, they're platinum. It's like, we get no credit for that, unfortunately. But, you know, I think there, that piece of it is, is also something that we want to turn to and is important to, to, I think, as part of 
building consumer awareness, right, of certifications like this to make sure that they're asking for certifications because, geez, there's so much greenwashing in this day and age. None of these terms, eco-friendly, sustainable, green, like none of it's regulated. And so, again, there's a lot that I want to do to really start educating consumers on like, these are the certifications. These are the receipts that you should be looking for or asking for, um, would love to just help build the profile of these certifications. Like B Corp, I think B Corp has done a wonderful job. It's a great program. It's one that we, we're so proud ourselves to be a B Corp. Um, but that is a good certification example of like, it's built enough clout, right? And recognition from consumers that now that is inspiring more businesses to go get the B Corp certification, which is great because it is not an easy one to get. It takes a lot of work and it really does. It will make companies a better company on the other side of getting that B Corp certification. But yeah, the certifications for us has just been for both learning and making sure that, you know, we are truly doing everything we can, not just on plastic specifically or even carbon emissions, but, you know, things like energy use, water stewardship, you know, worker fairness. Yeah. And I think another big challenge for Blue Land is the constant competition with traditional big CPG players. I do see my favorite content creators using Blue Land, and I see yourself on TikTok sharing the story. So, what other marketing initiatives have you participated in to really help you stand out and actually compete against these really large legacy CPG companies? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I mean, I feel like we have. So many advantages there. We really have leaned into the fact that we are a startup. You know, when I meet other founders, I'm like, I encourage them, like, I know it's hard, but you're only a startup once and you should embrace all of the advantages that also that brings to you. And so I think one of the advantages that we have of being, you know, relatively small team, we're, you know, fewer than 40 people, we're about 40 people, is that like we, like we can humanize our team and our mission. We're a tight enough group of people where we are a small group of people that all feel very strongly about our mission and for and our vision for the world we want to create. And I think we can put that out in a way that is so much more authentic because it is than a large company can, right? A large company of like tens of thousands of, of you know, faceless, nameless people. And so, you know, I think we've, we've tried to take advantage of that opportunity as much as we can. I know I'm out there a lot as well as a spokesperson for the brand, because I think the way that social media is moving as well, like people want to connect with people, like people don't want to connect with brands. I think people are, and I think people are like want to understand like what are the values of this brand? What is the, the the story behind this brand? What is the mission of this brand? And I think we have this advantage because we were able to share all that directly. And again, authentically, the mission is really the whole reason why this brand was born. So for a lot of companies, they raise awareness for an issue. But in addition to that, you are doing a lot more. Can you tell us why it was so important to petition the EPA? Yes, we have a petition out to the EPA to regulate polyvinyl alcohol, which is a plastic film used to wrap, individually wrap detergent pods. So like laundry and dishwasher detergent pods. It's also 
the material that laundry detergent sheets, which is a newer format, like dissolvable sheets, is also made of this plastic, which is a PVA. And in this campaign, you know, it's it's been a very long journey, which actually started with commissioning research to study this area further. I think we were horrified in that research process that the pod itself is made of a plastic and arguably a worse type of plastic because you can't recycle that plastic. That plastic goes like down your drain and into our water systems. And so, you know, the journey started with really commissioning research to understand like, wait, what happens when that plastic goes down? Like, is it completely treated at a wastewater treatment facility or is it not? Because a lot of the rumors we were hearing in the industry was that it was not actually biodegrading. Um, and that research concluded that 75% of that plastic wasn't degrading and was then being released into our oceans, rivers, and soil. Um, you know, separately, a few other studies have come out now showing polyvinyl alcohol, that plastic, in uh, breast milk and drinking water as well. And so, obviously, all of that has been... Um, very alarming as well as close to us, given that we operate in in the industry. And so we thought it was important to take larger action. Um, And so we're petitioning the EPA. Um, As part of that, we've brought on a really great group of major environmental NGOs. So co-leading the petition is Plastic Pollution Coalition. Uh, In addition, we have over 15 organizations and growing from Beyond Plastics to Plastic Oceans International to Lonely Whale to Made Safe, and and the list goes on. And this is obviously our first time, so we've benefited a lot from from their guidance. Um, but clearly, they also have you know large memberships that um, care deeply about these types of issues. And I think it's also just been helpful in terms of you know credibility um, for 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 the campaign and with the EPA to show that it's not just you know, Blue Land that cares, you know, deeply about this, but there are, again, a set of organizations that have, you know, decades worth of experience advocating for for issues like this. Best of luck for this initiative, Sarah, and we look forward to seeing how Blue Land expands and grows over the years. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. That's Sarah Paijiu of Blue Land. Thank you for joining us on Shopify Masters. Our show is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matt Schwartz and Miku Betlam. Benjamin Gottlieb is our supervising producer. And I'm Shwang Esther Shan. We'll see you next time. <laughs>